I didn't have this plan, but this morning I believe that we're entering into a week of warfare. So in the life of the church right now, I believe that we're, we're going to be stepping into the war zone. I don't know what that'll look like for you, but you know what? If you think that you're going to, something happens to you this week and you feel like you're under attack, it's okay. You just got to get a word from God. You got to stand on that word and you just fight back. You just get to that place of pushing back where the enemy wants to push you. You push him straight back. So we're, uh, and I'm just tipping you off. We're stepping into a week of warfare. So this, uh, this week, Thursday night, we have a week and I want to invite you to come because we spend more time in worship. We spend more time to pray. We spend more time to, uh, to soak in the presence of God and to minister to each other so we can pray for each other. We can, we can prophesy. We can do all those things that we don't have time to do on a Sunday. But I want to encourage you to come. Bring your kids. It won't hurt them. They need to see the presence of God. They need to be in that place of faith, that environment where God is moving. So I want to invite you to come to that on Thursday night. We've got next Sunday night, we have a prayer and fasting. Uh, you know, to invite you to pray and fast with us Sunday night, 7.30 next week. Uh, it's not something we normally do, but we're in warfare week. So we're going to finish the week with a powerful declaration that we believe in Jesus and the plans and the things that he wants from us and from our church. Who's in for that? Just want to encourage you for that. We're going to pray before I move on. Um, if you're listening on our podcast this morning, I want to say great to have you on board with us today. Um, and also I want to do a big um, welcome to Chris Pope. He'll be listening on podcast. He can't be with us. He's um, at home. But we just want to say uh, great that you listen to us every week, Chris, and want to just give a great uh, uh, welcome to you today, Chris. So um, get that um, you'll get that on podcast, Chris. Great. So warfare week. So why don't we just pray for a moment? We're just to start to push back the enemy right now. So dear, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to pray as well. Whatever things that are on your mind, begin to pray right now. Lord Jesus, we just pray today for the power of the Spirit to move in our lives. Lord, I pray that there'll be things dropping into our hearts, words from, the, from your Spirit that will carry us through the warfare this week. We pray that there'll be no attack that we can't beat, no attack that will defeat us, but that we will use those, those attacks to push back and take ground from the enemy. So we just pray today by the power that is in the name of Jesus that we may be a church that is on fire for the things of the Spirit, that we take ground in the name of Jesus this week. Amen and amen. Why don't you take the seats? Just want to just want to welcome you if you're new to One Heart Church. And I'm glad that you found your way here. I'm glad that you're here with us. And I uh, want to let's give a hand to all those uh, new people to One Heart Church here today. It's great to see James Whitaker there. Good to see you. And um, we've also, I want to do a big shout out to all those who are old to One Heart Church. And I want to thank you for always turning up and doing your part to make church what it is today. So give yourselves a round of applause. <clears throat> so this morning, uh, I have a word from God for us and for you, for our church. It's for now. And as I preach, I believe it's a prophecy. I want to prophesy over the church. So I just believe that God has a word for now. And this word today is for now, is for our people, is for you, it's for us. So I want us to uh, just to focus, get your antennas up this morning for what God wants to do in you, for what God wants to do through the church in these days. So um, the, the 
title of the message today is look, that word look. Because I believe it's time that we look beyond what we know, beyond what we have, and look beyond what you need. So sometimes we can be constrained by lots of things in life, um, looking, but we've got to look beyond all those things. Even looking beyond our needs can be a really big, important factor that we can be so consumed with our need. I need a job. I need a car. I, I need to be married. I need to, all these different things that we can be consumed with about needs. But God wants to take us past all those things to look again and see things differently. So, and I believe this is, is just as uh, equally important corporately as a church and personally. So each person here today can adopt this message personally and see things begin to really make a difference in your life. I really would appreciate your prayers for me this week. I'll be preaching probably four times this week and uh, to be heading off to Adelaide this afternoon. So I can't do all those things without a great church behind me. So I don't think that, hey, this is just me doing these things, but it's, I do what I do because we have a great church that supports me. So I want to honour you all for, for that, and I would appreciate your prayers this week. I'm preaching tonight in Adelaide, Tuesday morning in Adelaide, and uh, Thursday night again here, preaching Sunday morning next week at Youth again, and we'll be here for the prayer meeting on Sunday night. So I've got some pretty good things to do this week, and uh, be, we'll be speaking to pastors while I'm in Adelaide, and um, I'm looking forward to, to a great week serving God. So uh, pray for me. I'll need it. So today it's time to look. It's time that you begin to look differently when it comes to spiritual things. So um, it's time to look at church differently. It's time to look at your life differently. So Joel 2 verse 19 is our main verse this morning and it says this, the Lord will reply, look, just stop on that word look. It's time to start looking. I am sending you grain and new wine and olive oil enough to satisfy your needs. One Heart Church, be people who look. Christians and churches that miss opportunities from God are those who failed to look or couldn't see what God was up to. It's like God was wanting to do things, but we just didn't see it. We just didn't look in the right places. But this year, 18th of June, God gave me a word that, that I've been able to hang on to. And it said this, it was just one sentence. You can't harvest a new harvest while planting old seed. Now this year, the start of this year was probably the rockiest start of a year we've ever had as a church. And it was like things weren't working, things were going wrong, things were going badly for us as a church. And I'm questioning myself, questioning my inadequacies, wondering what's going to happen next, and not knowing the way forward or, or what we should do. But uh, 18th of June, God gives me this, this, this word. You can't harvest a new harvest while planting old seed. And it was like God just spoke something into my spirit. I had a new look at something that God was speaking that, that shook me out of the doldrums of where I was stuck. Now, Luke chapter 1, verse 45, on the same day, it, it says this, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord uh, would do what he said. I'm at the same place where I got stuck last time. And they, no, they came up with my glasses. I, I need, what I need to do is I need to write my messages in crayon in big words. 
so I can see. But you know something? I'll, I'll say that again. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. And I want to tell you something. When God gives you a word, you are blessed when you believe that word. So it's, it is the promise of that new harvest that I look to. Because God gave me a promise of a new harvest. He said, don't worry about the, 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 the old harvest. I'm going to give you a whole brand new harvest. Something new to look forward to. Something fresh. Something for now. And I've hung on to that word and I've seen it taking place. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5 and 6. There's a story of Abram. Here he's on the screen. The Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. And Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now Abram looked and God changed his name and he became Abraham. So God changed his name because he took the word that God spoke to him and believed it. Abram was blessed by God and received God's commendation because he looked at the stars one night in his life and believed what God said to him. From this point, God blessed Abram, changed his name to Abraham, changed history because he believed when he looked. Faith came into his situation all from one look up. I'm going to tell you something, you only need one look up moment in your life and it will change your family, it will change you, it will change your street, it will change your community, it can change the whole world. You're so excited about that this morning. I'll give you a couple of statements here. God blesses and works with those who believe when God says to look. What consumes your looking will control your destiny. What controls your looking will control your destiny. Or sorry, what consumes your looking will control your destiny. So God reveals things in your future when you look. With the spirit of faith. We call that revelation. And we all need to live in a revelation knowledge of the word of God to our spirit that sparks something of of faith, of the supernatural, of the spiritual within us. Because we're not born just human beings, we're born spiritual beings. And we can live in the impact of the spiritual all around our lives when we begin to see revelation power from Jesus. So I'll just, just divert a little bit here. God reveals things to our leaders, to, to pastors and leaders for the church because they responded when God said to look. And a, a, a leader or a pastor who doesn't live by revelation doesn't deserve the post. So you need to have a revelation leadership in your church. And I, I want to encourage you, do all that you can to cooperate and facilitate what God speaks to the church through your pastors. The pastors here this morning, I can just, we've got many pastors here in the church. I'm going to ask them to stand. All our pastors are here. Where are they all? They're all Jimmy gone. They're missing in action. No, they're all hiding at the back. Jimmy and Josh hiding at the back. They're in the they're in the uh, the, the economy seats. They're on the wood the wooden chairs. Let's give them a hand this morning. These guys are our pastors. I want to I want to make it very very clear, very clear for everybody. They are pastors in the church because when God told them to look at their future, they started to do something that responded to that look. They started, to, they started to serve and give up their life and start to give to God some things in their life that 
perhaps others may, may not have done. So we need to realize that God speaks to our leaders because they responded when God said to look. There's a faith look that happens in their life. So Jesus is speaking over you, over the church today, to look. Let's go back to Joel 2 verse 19. The Lord said, the Lord will reply, look, I'm sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. So it's time to look for what God is sending. Let's not be focused on what we're lacking. Let's not be focused on the old stale seed. Let's be focused on what God is bringing, what God is wanting to do next. Look now for what Jesus wants you to be, and he'll resource it. It won't happen in a day, but it will happen. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, 2 verse 3. It's a promise for us. It's a promise for you. It says, this vision is for a future time, this revelation, this look that God wants you to see is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. We have a vision statement in our church to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. We're not there yet, but it prophesies what we're becoming. It prophesies, speaks clearly who we are. And we often, when, when things come our way and we think, well, shall we do this or shall we do that? God has given us that statement of clarity so that we can say, well, is that what a large relevant church will do? Is that what a relevant church will do? No, it's not. So we don't need to do those things. So we can, we can measure a lot of how we do church by that one statement because it was given by God as a vision, not what we are, but what we're becoming. And we need to realize that because people could read that and go, oh, you're none of those things. No, we're not. But it's a faith statement of what we're becoming and what we're believing for. So we're all part of that. What do we do in the meantime when it says, well, wait patiently for, for, for surely things will take place. Many people sit on a prophecy that was spoken over their life from, from so many years ago. And, and, and there is, a, there is a, something you must do between receiving a word from God and it happening in your life. So it's all about being prepared and being ready. So you need to prepare yourself. There are people sitting here today. You need to go into that journey of preparation where you need to go and do Bible college. Join up, see Pastor Kylie, and, and say, I want to do Bible college. I, I want to prepare myself. You've had the word spoken. Maybe God's revealed something to you in, in your spirit where you've seen something about your future. And you go, wow, I, I believe that, but I don't know how to prepare for that. I want to encourage you, be prepared, be organized. It's, it's all about organizing yourself, being ready. Focus your looking to where God wants you, where God wants you to be next. Faith does things today preparing for what God has promised. And that's, that's where the power of the spiritual starts to take off in your life. As Abram discovered and became Abraham is when he began to see the stars and believe what God said about his future. All he could see was a lack in his life. All he could see what, what wasn't working in his life. But God said, see the stars, look up, see the stars. And in a similar way, it might not be look up into the heavens in your situation, but God will begin to show you things about your future, about your life, about the, the house of God even. And you've got to look up and believe what God speaks over you. And you might think, oh yeah, I, I believe it. But you know what, what's the actions that, that, uh, that prove that you believe it? There's got to be, faith has to have an action. 
hearts. Lean past me. Be prepared. Be ready for what God promises. There are three things that are prophesied over you from Joel 2.19. They're prophesied over you and they prophesy over our church. Number one, grain. It represents people coming to Jesus. When we talk about grain in the Bible, it talks about souls. So John 4 verse 35, in the words of Jesus, this is Jesus speaking to us right now. I say, wake up. There's a whole point there I could go, wake up church. Wake up to yourself. I, I said this in the, in, in the first service right at the start. I, I, I've kind of missed my, my points here. But you know something, there are, there are no spectators in a war. There are no spectators in the war. There's only soldiers. And in this war, you are not a spectator. The gone are the days where we can come to church and say, I just come to church and I just spectate. I don't worship, I don't pray, I don't get involved, I just spectate. No such thing, never has been. And I'll tell you something, we need to be people who go, well, I'm in this fight and I'm going to fight to win. I'm going to fight to help the other person who stands alongside me. I'm going to fight, I'm going to win. You know, the, the role of the church and of the pastors is to equip the saints for the ministry. It's to equip you. So why do we need to go to church? I'm a Christian, I just stay at home. No such thing. No such thing as a Christian who's not connected and in the war. So what, why you need to be in fellowship is because the, the work of the ministry is to equip you for the battle. So when you come into the house of God, don't come sleepy. Don't come, oh, you know, I partied all night. I'm still hungover. Still got a little bit of, you know, weed going on through my brain. Don't come to church like that. You've got to come to church awake and alive because what you're doing in the, in the preached word is you're getting ammunition stuffed in your pockets. You're getting some grenades put in the pouches. You're getting some rockets put in your rocket launcher. You're getting prepared for the, for the fight. One thing I learned at school is if I'm going to go into a fight, I want to win the stupid thing. It didn't happen very often, but I went into every fight believing I was going to win. Otherwise, I never would have got into it. And there's nothing more humiliating than losing the fight in the schoolyard because everybody sees. Anyway, that's another story. Wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for the harvest. Now, I'll tell you something. Here's a key for One Heart Church. It's always salvation, evangelism, outreach, outreach season. It's always salvation season. You might think, well, we're in training season. We're in, we're in uh, uh, discipleship season. We're in, in this or that season in the life of the church. I'm saying from today, we need to have an understanding and a knowledge and a focus that we are always in salvation season. Every Sunday, every time we come together for church, we're going to have a salvation altar call because it's always salvation season. There's always someone who might need to make their life right with God. And if we're not ready for that, if we're not focused for that, we're saying, Jesus, we're not looking around. The fields aren't already right. We're, we're in training season. No, we got it wrong. As Jesus said to the disciples way back then, look, the fields are already ripe for harvest. There's somebody, there's a seed that needs to know Jesus. There is a seed that needs salvation. Moving on. Number two, new wine. Represents new seasons. We call in, in, wine, in wine language, you call that vintage. And, and new wine talks about a new season. Now, seasons change. And some people don't get that. Some churches never get that, that the season has changed. 
And we need to be aware of the changing season so we can have loyalty to past leaders. We can have loyalty to past songs. Oh, you know, I know that, I know that old songs don't have the, they just have the anointing we don't have anymore. But I know that. But we can have such loyalty to these things that we miss the now. We miss the now moving of God because we're loyal to things. So we're still wearing flares and high heels and, and have our big mutton chops, sideburns. I'm going to grow a big handlebar. Look, I wish I could. I'd, I'd have a big handlebar mode. I'd have big sideburns. I'd sing your Elvis on Sundays. The only problem, I, I don't do those things because I can't, even if I want to. I've got, I've got a girly face. But new wine represents new seasons. Loyalty to seasons that have passed will make you look out of place. So, the condition of many churches and many Christians that are dressed for the wrong season. You know, this week I, I had a week off and went to Venus Bay. It was an awesome season up there. You don't need to go to Queensland, church. Don't go to Queensland. Just go up the coast here. Weather was warm, not like down here in the south. I went north, went to Venus. I was wearing my shorts and my thongs. I got sunburnt all on my feet. It was great. But you know what? I, I, I needed to... to Dress for the season, not dress for the past or dress where I used to be. Dress for where you are now. So going back to the first point about, about it's always harvest season. The reason we come together on Sundays is because it's harvest season. It's seed season. It's salvation season. Why we have a sound desk and we do all that stuff. We do production and all these kind of things. And it's because we're believing for a harvest. That's why we come together. And randomly people turn up at church who didn't get invited. They just come. They find their way here. But we, we've got to know that that's our harvest. They're the ones that God is bringing, you know, and that's, that's I think, it's so random that people find their way to the house of God on their own. But very often God is looking to people, the saved, to save others. Because saved people save people. That's our job. That's our mission. It's what Jesus wants us to do. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. I'm getting passionate. Number three, oil. Oil represents the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The primary function of the Holy Spirit in us is to reach out, is to reach others. Let me read Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And often we park at that and we, we preach and talk about the power of God power of God for victory, the power of God for, for walking uh, strongly, whatever else, but we, we don't continue on and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in, uh, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You'll be my witnesses, telling people everywhere, in Port Lincoln, in Tumby Bay, in Cow, in Alliston, in Sejuna, wherever else we may be, to the ends of the earth. Again, you see the thread that's coming through that God is wanting us to look, people, is that we're here to save and reach lost people. That's the passion that God has for the world, and it has to be the heartbeat and passion of the church and of God's people. So when the Holy Spirit is in you, you have power, and you will look and see what others can't see. I, I pray and believe that the church will begin to see like you've never seen like you've never seen before. Hope you'll look like you've never looked before. 
When the Holy Spirit is in you, you have power and you'll look and see what others can't see. You be the one who picks up what others can't pick up. Be filled with the Spirit and look. Because today is our look moment. Today is your look moment. Look and what do you see? Someone look and you see children. There's a call of God there. Some you'll look and you'll see food and meals and hospitality. There's a call of God in that. Some and you look and you'll see schools or hospitals. There's a call of God there. What, are, what can you look and see? One Heart Church, look toward what Jesus wants you to become because God will begin to stir things in your life. I remember going, I was insecure. I, w- I was, wasn't very, very confident about myself in any way, shape or form. I would go to things called Youth Alive. At, uh, at Festival Hall, which now is Hillsong owns Festival Hall in Melbourne. I'd go to, I'd go to the, this, the, these big rallies, they call them, and I'd go there because the youth group would say, you should come along, and, and I'd go to these things, and I'd be, I'd be sitting there minding my own business, just going, you know, it's a happy day, whatever we're singing in them days. And, 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 and the preacher would preach, and God would speak to me saying, you're going to be a preacher one day. Go, I don't want to be a preacher. I... I I, I can't preach. I don't want to preach. And God would begin to stir a, a, a looking in my spirit that prophesied to my future, even though I couldn't see it about myself at all. And God wants church to be like that for you. You have an experience, an encounter in the house of God where he begins to deposit something about you for your future that you will think, but that is so random, that is so crazy, that's so way beyond me. But when you believe what God begins to speak and you begin to look in the right way, you never know what God can do with you and where he will take you. One Heart Church, look toward what Jesus wants you to become. So it's good to have eyes that look for the things only seen in the spirit. There are some things that you can't see in the natural. Some things that you'll only look and see and find when you awaken to your spirit. Look and believe. Jesus is coming for his people. Something we don't preach much about in the church these days, but I believe it changes the way we we live our lives. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 10 to 11, it says this. Here's the disciples. Jesus has been with them. He's been crucified. He's been resurrected. And now he's leaving. He's going, going back to heaven. And it says, As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring, looking into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17 says, We should encourage each other with this all the time, that we will meet the Lord again in the air. Now, one of the things that we don't practically talk much about is this thing called Jesus' return to take up the church, to be with him for eternity. So we've got to be expecting Jesus will return. Look up. Keep the, it keeps you grounded in right living. And those who forget that Jesus is coming back live reckless and without faith. So that, that's a good enough reason we've got to say, I'm, Lord, I'm always looking up. I'm always looking, expecting your return. And I'll tell you, when we don't live like that, we live reckless. We, we, live, we live casually when it comes to the call and purpose of God in our lives. And we think, well, it, it doesn't really matter. It does matter because we never know the day or the hour that Jesus returns. And we don't preach much about it, but we need to. 
We need to live knowing that one day Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. And you want to be in that church. You want to be part of that. Today is a good day to reignite our faith. Now, if you feel distant from Jesus, it's, it's time to look again. It's time to seek again his face. It's time to find your faith again in the Lord. I'm going to ask the musicians to come and uh, join with me, please. Now, I've just been talking all about how it's important for us to look up. I also know that Jesus is looking at you. Jesus is looking at us. Jesus is looking at you. So Jesus looks at you and he finds what you don't know about yourself. Jesus finds in you things that you don't even know about yourself yet. Ever had that feeling when you're somewhere and you hope nobody you know will see you there? Well, I know that feeling when I was in school. You go to the shop with your friend and they say, let's buy cigarettes. And you think, I hope my, hope my brothers aren't around because they're little dobbers. So you're thinking, I don't want anyone who knows me to see us buying the wrong stuff. And sometimes we go through life trying to hide from the Lord. Think, well, I hope God doesn't see me here. You know, the question is, just don't be there because he sees you everywhere. Please understand, Jesus is looking and knows no matter what. So in Genesis 16, there's a story of Hagar. And she had a name that, that she referred to the Lord as the God who sees me. Now, the story is God found her when, when she was in a very broken state, a very agitated state. He, he was looking for her. He was looking for her in her trauma, in a traumatized place. And God looked her up and he saved her. And because it says she was out, out in the wilderness, in, in the desert, under a bush, crying, isolated, broken woman. And it says the Lord found her there. And she says, he is the God who sees me. In other words, he's the God who looked at me. And I want to tell you today that Jesus is looking at you. Doesn't matter whether you're traumatized. Doesn't matter whether you're under a, 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 a solitary bush in the desert feeling like, Nobody knows you. Nobody cares. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus knows you and he wants to lift you out of that back into the house of God, the place where you belong, the place where your calling is found. God found her in her trauma. Again, in John 1 verse 42, another story where Jesus looked. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Jesus looking intently at Simon. Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't see what you see. He doesn't see what you know about yourself. He reframes you, he renames you, and he redirects you. We, need, we just need to cooperate with what Jesus wants to do in our life and nothing will ever stop us. He reframes you, he renames you, and he redirects you. Jesus is looking in your direction today. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to respond for prayer and for Jesus to impart something in us before we go home. We had a, a great time of, uh, of imparting to people in the first service. Many people came forward and we just prayed for them. Um, I sanitized my hands before I touched every person. 
and it's all safe, it's all friendly. But before we do that, I just invite you to close your eyes just for some privacy for some people here today. If you've never entered a relationship with Jesus, but you want to, it starts by allowing Jesus to deal with our sin. Because it's our sin that separates us from God. It's our sin that stops us from looking at what God wants us to see. But we can take the first step on that pathway to Jesus today. Because right now, Jesus is looking at you. He's looking at your individual life and he's seeing what you can't see about yourself. If that's you today, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand, especially if you've never, ever done this before. You're new to church and you're thinking, but I'm here because I want to make my, I want to get right with God. This is the way you can do that. moment that's you just raise your hand i see that hand thank you god bless you put your hand down thank you jesus someone's just decided this morning they want to make their life right with jesus that's something to celebrate that's something powerful is taking place here in this place you can open your eyes we're going to pray a prayer with this person today and i believe this this prayer has the power to transform our life it has a power to take us from being away from God to being close to God. I'm just going to perhaps invite you all to stand as we pray this together. And we do this in, uh, in unity with that one person today who has made that declaration. I'm putting my hand up. I want to give my life to Jesus. Let's celebrate that. But let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a